Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my vlog, where it is both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you a specific takeaway, all in the hopes that your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before I fully dive into everything, I would love to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that we get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly means a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, you know, if you've been tracking these vlogs, you know, the main thing that I've been working on creatively is um, this project uh, that's an animated feature, right? It's designed uh, eventually to be a trilogy of, of movies, but obviously I'm working on the one right now, starting with the one. And, uh, you know, much in the same way, kind of, it, it, like, it's weird in the sense that, you know, The Matrix was always designed to be a trilogy, but the first one uh, is essentially standalone. And, and in fact, a lot of people just want to watch that one and forget two and three. Conversely, you know, you look at like something like Lord of the Rings, the first one, and, uh, or just, any of those movies, right? Um, they are part of a greater whole. And though thematically, you know, the movies quote unquote end, it's not like if you watch Fellowship of the Ring, it is, you know, 100% satisfactory. You know, it, it's not a complete thought because it goes on. And so that's kind of in part, part of the battle um, with what I'm working on. And if anything, it'll be more akin to Fellowship of the Ring where it's quite obvious that it'll continue versus like the matrix which was much more of a standalone you know a b to c uh, sort of joseph campbell hero's journey type of a story anyway just that's all precursor to um this past monday i had a wonderful uh, story check-in meeting with um my uh my friends aj as well as John Comerford. And AJ, you know, he's more of a tech person. And he's been helping me out in terms of, you know, figuring out how this will be part of a larger thing with an NFT component and have collectibles and rewards and stuff like that. And But mainly the, the primary aspect of it is none of it happens without a good story, right? And that, so, of course, that's what I'm having to focus on first and foremost. And AJ is someone who loves anime and kind of wanted to sit in on a story session, you know, and just hear all about this. And uh, John and I were essentially going over, I had rewritten um, about 50 pages of the first draft into now the second draft. And so John and I were discussing essentially how good those pages were, you know, what still needed to be reworked, um, and so forth. And as it continues, right, the whole process is about two steps forward, you know, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. And, you know, it's funny, like, uh, the way I number my, on my drafts is based on like, you know, whether I complete one, um, and then versions within that. So for example, Technically, this is the second draft, although it's a ver you know I'm on version six, right? So it took me 13 versions to get to a first official first draft. Uh, so that's kind of how 
I operate, if you will, um, at least you know, right now for this project. But you know, we ended up talking for about two hours. Um, and the good news is we're now getting into the real nitty gritty. So it's good because before we were talking a lot of macro stuff. And now we can get into more specifics of dialogue, certain actions, feeling unmoded, and so forth, because we're getting closer and closer to where we need to and want to be, right? And which is exciting. So that's been a fun aspect. And so this this week after that, I've been revising those um, those pages. You know, the notes. Some of it was simple enough where it was like a typo and I could fix it right there in the moment. Other stuff, you know, required more work. And well, the fun part for me is um, John himself is actually going to take a stab at three scenes um, himself and let me see them and kind of just overall, you know, if it works, it works. If not, not. Um, but I'm sure overall it'll work. And the stuff that doesn't work, it'll spark enough ideas for me to, okay, here's how I want to approach it, right? So that's that's been my approach to this. And, um, you know, part of it is simplifying the story. That's a, that's a big component of this, making sure that, uh, you know, audiences know what the hell's going on and things like that. But, you know, something that I've been talking with John about is, for me, like, at the end of the day, I'm okay to throw out, I, I have this gut feeling that, you know, I'm okay if we throw a lot, of, a lot at the audience every now and then, as long as internally it makes sense. Whereas before, you know, in, in the earlier drafts, things happened and they didn't make sense and they didn't make sense because quite frankly, like even with the knowledge of myself as the storyteller, there was no logic behind them, right? But if there is an internal logic for why things happen, I'm okay to, you know, I'll default to trusting the audience that they'll they'll understand it versus not. It's almost like a Christopher Nolan movie. You know, there's so much thrown in there and sometimes it's overwhelming, but when you revisit it and really examine it, it makes sense, right? And so I'm okay with it. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that I'm just going to throw everything but the kitchen sink. I do think, you know, John is obviously very correct. He, you know, the reason why I love him is because this is his bread and butter. He knows storytelling from start to finish. And so, you know, the more it's it's that adage, the, the, the simpler story can be, the more richer it can be because you can show point and counterpoint and so forth. Um, so it's, you know, I'm sure in the end it will be a delicate balance act between, you know, my desire to have so many things within the, um, the story itself, but also paring it down so that way the stuff that I do want to shine through really resonates as opposed to being lost in in the fog of it all. So, you know, it's, it's a constant battle, um, if you will in that sense and my my objective for this week is to get through the rest of the script um, which might be pretty ambitious but i'm trying to prioritize time and so forth anything not going towards uh, work 
you know, that I need to do will be going into this. And so I'm, I'm excited for that. Plus, you know, we have the long weekend um, with, you know, 4th of July and stuff like that. So I think it'll be overall doable um, to some degree. I mean, at least there's the opportunity to do it, right? Um, but I've talked about this before, writing, the act of writing can be slow for me, you know? Um, and especially now when I am in the minutia, you know, certain things, it's like, okay, you know, let me, let me, now like I have something to work off of, but it's like, okay, you know, I know what needs to be said, like the subtext of it, but how do I say it in a much cleaner way, right? Whether it's dialogue, whether it's the writing of the script and stuff like that. So it's all a balancing act, it really is. And this is the joy of writing, you know? So uh, something moving on from that and something that's completely different that I wouldn't normally do. Um, my friend Daryl Kristen invited me to be part of our friend Leo Kionis's, uh sort of Hollywood tour, right? There's a lot of tours in LA that do this. You know, you, you get on a bus or a van and detour Hollywood. Well, uh, our friend Leo Kionis, aka Film Freak, he started this uh, Film Freak Movie Locations tour, which is down in Hollywood and, or more specifically West Hollywood, you know, and yeah, you essentially get, you, you, you ride in this van and, and he gives you the history of all these various locations. And then he plays clips uh, from movies where these locations have been used and stuff like that. And um, it, it was just a fun experience to be a tourist in my own city, essentially. And, you know, rarely do we take that opportunity. I mean, there's so many people, for example, in New York that have never visited the Statue of Liberty, right? Even though it's there in their own backyard. And, and so I think it's important every now and then to take that step back and to learn one's history of where they live, right? Um, this is my sort of backyard and, and whatnot. And and also too, like what I was saying to them was oftentimes like when I visit, you know, anywhere really in LA, most of the time I'm going somewhere um, and unless there's like a need, you know, for business or pleasure, you know, most of the time I'm just passing through various locations and so forth and trying to get there on time or of course you know just by the act of driving you're not you're not taking the time to receive in their fullness like your surroundings right and this was just an ability to not have to drive to have a more reflective look upon these neighborhoods and to see all of it and being in the van you know it's an open window van right meaning it doesn't have windows it's it's one of those like safari-esque type of vans and you know you're driving by all these places and you get the full effect of all the smells of these restaurants and stuff like that and all of a sudden you become hungry so it was a really neat experience and if you're ever in LA you know the film freak movie locations tour um is a lot of fun you know you're not just visiting celebrity homes like you're visiting locations that are iconic in Hollywood. Now, you know, do you have to do that? No, there, there's of course other stuff, but if nothing, you know, the greater sort of takeaway is try to do some stuff that are local to you. Um, 
you know, and do like local tourism in your own city. You know, if you live in LA, do some LA stuff, but regardless of, you know, you can live in wherever, Chicago, Seattle, New York, Boston, and then anywhere in between, right? You know, Dallas, doesn't matter, like whatever big city, small city, town, just get to know your surroundings a little bit more, you know, and, and from, from that tourist perspective, I think there's real value in that. So I think that's, that's a big takeaway for me, even beyond just um, talking about this tour specifically. Um, as far as anything else, you know, other stuff that uh, has been on my mind is um, this notion that I, I see a lot of articles on loneliness, right? We talk about like the loneliness epidemic, yet there's not a lot of articles on how to, how to form friendships and how to be friends with people, right? Like we don't examine that aspect of it. We just are, you know, not that there's anything wrong with identifying the problem. Obviously that's a first step towards anything in terms of solutions, but then we don't talk about the next steps as far as this is concerned. And so it's, it's just been interesting and it's been on my mind in that way because yeah, I think all, all relationships require effort, you know, of you, of the other person. I, I think, you know, I, I've said it before, ideals, right? Um, we gotta stop looking, we, like friendship, right? We look at it as a noun, but it's really a verb. Love can be viewed as, you know, a noun, and, but instead it should be a verb, right? Like you have to put an action towards these things, otherwise you are not them you know, uh, being courageous, well, how do you show courageousness, right? Um, having talent, well, how do you display that talent? You know, these, you have to do it through action, AKA verbs. And so, yeah, I think that's how we need to approach like friendship. And, and you know, even this is just a very banal sort of viewpoint of it. But that's why, like for me, yes, we talk about the loneliness aspect of it, but what are ways people can enhance their friendships, right? Like, I would love to have more of those conversations. Um, and that's why, like, I mean, just going back to, you know, this, this Hollywood tour, it was wonderful because, you know, it's me and my friend Daryl doing something that neither of us would normally do. And so it enriches our friendship in a way that, you know, it's beyond just the typical, hey, let's go out for happy hour and catch up type of thing. Like it, it gave us something new to talk about. And, you know, that's, that's wonderful for our friendship. So, you know, I think there's tons of ways to approach this, but I think that's the conversation we need to be having as opposed to, okay, you know, people are lonely, people are lonely. Well, how do we, how do we resolve that? What steps can be taken to enhance the friendships that we have? to formulate other new friendships, you know, based on interests and values and so forth. You know, that, that's very important. So I thought I'd throw that out there, but uh, you know, let's, I, I always encourage you all to comment or reach out to me on social media at Phil Svitek to discuss any of the things that, you know, I make mention of. But specifically, I would love to hear your thoughts on this of like, you know, take it as a two-parter. How to maintain friendships, like ideas for that, 
and also how to form new friendships. Like I would hear, love to hear your perspectives, thoughts, you know, activities on this because, yeah, I think it's a, it's obviously worthwhile, you know, to, to really reflect upon and eventually act upon. And I think the more of us that put our brain power towards that concept, the more results and success we can have, right? Like with anything. So, and then last thing, you know, I talked about it in my last vlog, but um, officially this past week on, on June 20th was the one year anniversary of a Bogota trip premiering, which was exciting. Um, you know, I just kind of posted old, you know, pictures and clips from that, from that day you know, interviews that we'd done, the, the Q&A after the screening and, 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 you know, various thoughts on that. Um, so it was good for me to just reflect upon that. You know, we don't take the opportunity to, like, appreciate our successes. Uh, today, um, at the time of the taping, we're going to do a dinner with the people that are in L.A. Um, you know, every, everyone kind of you know, like always, right? Everyone ends up being busy and doing all kinds of exciting new things, which is wonderful to see, uh, you know, but but in that sense, it's a shame, unfortunately, that we can't get like the whole LA band back together um, just for like a, a fun dinner. Um, and of course, just even that would leave out other people like Jonathan Moulton, for example, is from Nashville. Someone else is from San Francisco. And then of course, um, my two you know, two major components of the whole movie are in Colombia. So it's never going to be a full um, you know, session of people. But I think it's always, you know, talking about friendships and how to maintain relationships. I think it's important, you know, to, to check in with people and things like that. You know, in fact, I was talking with my fellow filmmaker, Jeff Graham. And, you know, he essentially said like, hey, Phil, I appreciate you always kind of keeping us in the loop on various things. And, you know, because most people don't and, and so forth. And I, I thanked him. And unfortunately, you know, what, what I had looped us in on was sad news um, for one of our friends that we care deeply about. And I won't say what it is, um, but because it's a personal matter, but all the same, you know, I think it's important to share and keep people abreast of the good and the bad, right? And this was an instance where it was something uh, very, let's say tragic, you know, something sad. And I was notified of it. And I know the person, they're sort of overwhelmed. And, you know, so I let other people that I know are friends with him that, you know, they care deeply about this person. I said, hey, here's what's going on, blah, blah, blah. You know, just wanted to let you know. And and kind of, yeah, let them take it from there. But just, if not, you know, just to show solidarity and be there for comfort and stuff like that. And so, you know, Jeff was one of those people that I reached out to and said, hey, here's kind of what's going on with this person. And so Jeff responded back, hey, he was like, you know, I appreciate you always you know, keeping us together in that way, you know, through the good and the bad, you know, and both are equal, right? I mean, it's obviously we would love to have only good news, you know, weddings, babies, successful projects, tons of money, like whatever it is, vacations, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, we would love all that. 
but it's unfortunately life is life and we go through various ebbs and flows and uh, you know people need us to be there for them and, and it's tough to when you're in that particular moment dealing with the hardships um, you know a you're you're in the thick of it and b to reach out to somebody like it feels like you're asking too much of other people and so you know just kind of taking on that responsibility and then letting people step up in that sort of special way to me is important, right? Again, um, you know, as I'm talking about it and putting it all together, yeah, you know, this is what friendship in a way is all about. You know, back when John Wick 4 came out, I did a whole episode in and of itself, and I promise I'm not spoiling John Wick 4, but there is a wonderful quote in there that says, friendship means nothing if it's convenient. And, you know, this is an aspect of that. Like, it's easy to be there for somebody um, in the good, although sometimes people get jealous and that's not a good thing. But, you know, you also got to be there for when people are going through tough times and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's how you maintain and deepen these various friendships. So... Yeah, you know, that's kind of what's been going on in my world, you know, not perhaps all that exciting or lengthy to talk about, but, you know, something as, as mentioned, you know, the act of writing, as I said, is not glamorous when you're, you know, just observing it, but, but the final product, the aim of it is to be, you know, something engaging. And the only way you do that is through tons and tons of hours of, of, of work, you know. And so I'm continuing on, on, on with that. And yeah, just slowly and surely getting towards a finish line, no different than any, any of the books, the movies and stuff like that that I've done. And on a personal note, you know, even just, uh, I had a chance to also kind of hang out with various people in my life. You know, I talked about Daryl, but also one of the things that's always special to me is um, sharing the matrix with uh, friends who have never seen it before. And so my friends, uh, Howie and Fern Rone, they had, uh, Howie's seen the movie back when it came out, but I hadn't watched it since, and Fern's never seen it. And so we did like a, a dinner together and then watched it. It was just a blast, you know, I, I love I love doing that. And for me, it's always great to, to revisit it. So and that's... I guess another way that, you know, I enrich the friend friendships in my life. So thank you as always for taking the time to tune in. I truly do appreciate you. If you like what I'm doing and would love to support me, patreon.com slash philspeedtech is a way to do that. Not only is it an awesome means, means of supporting me, but it's more of a direct way for us to interact and for me to be able to help you out if, you know, if you think I can that's something you're interested in there's only one tier it's ten dollars a month so you know it's just simplified that way it's clean i like it um and it's not too much money um, ultimately so yeah you know that's available to you but not required anyway thank you so much i hope to see you next time